Kia ora and welcome to the Female Career Podcast. My name's Anna Johnston and I work as a leadership and career coach for women. I'm looking forward to sharing with you an inspiring collection of career stories of a diverse range of women of Aotearoa New Zealand. I hope that by listening to these stories, you'll feel inspired in your own career. If you do enjoy the story, please head along to our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we have lots more stories of wonderful Kiwi women and their careers. We'd also love you to subscribe to our podcast so that you have all the episodes at your fingertips. And please do tell your friends and family about it too. For now, though, I hope you enjoy listening to this career story. I'm really looking forward to speaking today with Honey Hidemi and hearing more about her career. Honey has had an incredible sporting career, representing New Zealand in rugby league, rugby sevens and rugby union. She's been an exceptional flag bearer for women's rugby league. She's played with the Kiwi Ferns in four rugby league World Cups, finishing the 27 tournament as top try scorer and as current co-captain of the team. In 2020, she was appointed a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit for her services. In rugby, she was part of the Black Ferns team to play in the 2014 Rugby World Cup, where she was named as part of the tournament dream team. She's also played in the New Zealand Rugby Sevens team in the 2013 World Cup and in the IRB World Series. In recent years, she's moved behind the microphone, working as a sports commentator and presenter for Sky Sport. And as a day job, as if she's not busy enough, she works as a disability sport advisor for the Halberg Foundation, helping young people with physical disabilities to get involved in sport. I can't wait to hear more about her career journey today. Kia ora, honey, and thank you very much for joining me. Uh, kia ora, Anna. It's really lovely to be here and I'm um, speaking with you today. Wonderful. Now, the first question that I like to ask people is taking them back to when they were a child or even as a teenager. What careers did you dream about or aspire to? I think, I, so I grew up in a small South Waikato town of Putaruru. I think the population there is, is maybe two, 3,000 people. My earliest memory of the, the career that I wanted to pursue was actually a policewoman. And a lot of that was, I suppose, driven from my athletics coach. So he was the youth officer in town and he was just a really well-respected community officer. But he was, I think what, what drew me to him was actually because he was a really good athletics coach as well. He was really invested in us as as young people, wanted the best for us, and it wasn't really about the athletics. And at the time, I was I was running um, in sprints and that. It was more he invested in us and what we were doing off the track as well. And at school, he always checked in on us, always gave us ride time, things like that. And I thought, man, if this is what police officers get to do as jobs, I'm really keen for that. Yeah, I remember that was always my uh, earliest memory of what I wanted to do growing up. How interesting. And I think those best coaches, sports coaches, are those who, you know, yes, of course, there's the technical side of sport, but also who see the whole person behind that and, and try to support you through. And then at a certain point in time, I'm guessing you thought, okay, you know, I'm quite good at sport. Actually, I could do this as a as a job, recognising there's still the challenge of most New Zealand female athletes are still semi-professional, have paid it all. What were, when you were thinking about it, equally that job of being, in, being a, a sports person has a shelf life. So how did you weigh up the pros and cons of thinking, yes, actually, I really want to pursue this more full on? Yeah, I suppose the journey was quite different for me because I started playing initially rugby league as a five-year-old and 
I played right through to my teenage years, actually alongside the boys. And so I grew up probably idolizing or, or had role model models that were all athletes. And I didn't know any female uh, athletes or specifically rugby league players I had that as a career or I just didn't know they even existed, to be honest, in terms of elite athletes, because all I ever saw on the TV was males. So I probably didn't pick it as a career, but I knew very early on that I wanted to keep playing. I I knew that that's what I loved. I loved being out on the field. I loved the freedom of running with the ball and tackling and all the rest of it. So I suppose as I worked through my teenage years, I maybe leaned towards a career that was going to support that. Mm. So I started to look at like sporting roles. Like uh, I, I think from I went from a police officer to wanting to be a PE teacher because I thought that aligned nicely with me being able to still play sport. So yeah, I think initially I was, when I came out of high school, I had been accepted into, te- back then it was called Teachers College or whatever. And I actually never went through with it. I was just really nervous and thought, oh, I didn't want to leave home. Hamilton was too big for me to to move to and took a completely different career turn and I ended up going to the Wairiki Polytech in Tokoroa, which was just down the road from Batarari, and studying uh, business computing and administration, which I'd always enjoyed in high school and stuck that out for the year because I thought if I actually went and studied, I could still play because that was around about the first time that I'd made the New Zealand team. Mm. And back then, we weren't professional. In fact, the first year I made the Kiwi Ferns, they said, congratulations, you've made the team. We're going to go to a tournament that's in Auckland and you have to pay this much. Mm. So that was my first introduction to being an elite athlete. And that's really interesting for me to hear about actually you your initial thoughts on career. How can I take on a career that can then support, support my sporting aspirations? And you're right, in recent years, there has been increased interest in women's sport, increased support, coverage of women's sport. It just does still lag behind the support, the interest for in, in men's sport. What do you think can be done to bring about greater gender balance um, in the sporting world? Yeah, I think it's, it has come a long way already. And um, you're seeing a lot more female athletes uh, on TV and getting the recognition that, they, that they've earned and that they deserve. But I think there's a real societal shift that needs to happen. And I think we're getting there. For me, I think it's definitely about the need for female athletes to actually speak up. And, and you don't have to be at the elite level to speak up. It can be from entry level, from club level, Uh, from your school grades. All of that is actually, I think we've kind of been raised in a generation where there's still the expectation just to be maybe quiet, nice, pleasant girls or or women. And it can be frowned upon if you're anything but. So for me, it's about really being bold and finding your voice and actually speaking up and saying, no, that that's um, not, accept- I wouldn't say acceptable, but nah, that's not what I want. I actually want to be, I want to be given the same opportunities as males. Mm, yeah. And it's hard, as you say, in terms of the system and the society that maybe we're brought in to raise that voice. But I think the more of us that do it, then the louder that, that gets. I'd love to hear more about what were some of the highlights of your, your sporting career? Yeah, definitely was probably my debut and being given my first New Zealand jersey, I think. Often we talk about it in the 
I suppose, athlete world, when you put on your first jersey, it's like putting on a guard of armour or your cape. And it just, it's almost like you just, you have this sense of fulfilment that you've really earned this and this is your time. But it also, that's just where it starts as well. I remember thinking, okay, this is really, I've worked so hard to get this jersey. Now I've got to work even hard. I've got to take it to the next level to actually continue to keep earning this jersey and, and honour the jersey. And it's a big thing that we set, set up in terms of the culture within our teams and what's gone before us. We always acknowledge who's gone before us and the legacy that they've left and that we have to leave the jersey in a better place. Mm-hmm. And so when you put on that jersey or that cape or that armour, your job starts again from that point and so those are probably some of the biggest highlights that I remember. It's been awesome being involved in three different codes to represent New Zealand and win the World Cups and things like that but it's it's actually the, the other key defining moments. It's even like the camaraderie and the friendships that have come from playing sport that I fall back in and I, I believe that those are the highlights versus the medals and the trophies and things like that, yeah. Mm. And I love the idea that putting on the jersey is like putting on a cape, like you become a superhero. I think that's great. And and you're right, from the people that I speak to, they say, you know, the, the trophy or the medal or whatever, that that's great. But it's actually, it's not the thing that I carry with me and that I'm the most proud of. What about, what have been some of the, the biggest challenges in your, in your sporting career? Yeah, I would say for me, obviously, um, juggling between sports and then actually having to build a professional career off the field has been quite a challenge and balancing my life has has been a huge challenge. And and obviously, I've got children as well. I've got my son and uh, two stepsons. So having a family on top of that has been a massive challenge for me right throughout my career. And I always used to pride myself on the word multitasking, but I actually don't really enjoy that word as much because I feel like multitasking, it definitely has its benefits, but it also it felt like I was always just giving enough to my different roles, whether it was on the field or whether it was in the office with whatever paid full-time employment I had and things like that. So for me, those challenges have been around getting a real quality balance, I think, and managing my time really well. And just have a really, I suppose, putting my focus where it needs to be and prioritizing. I suppose there's been a, a massive curveball. So for me, as an example, I usually look at the year calendar, know what's coming up in sport, and very early I'll communicate with my employer at that time, okay, look, the World Cup is coming up during this month, it means I'll require this many weeks off work. How can we adapt some of the outcomes that I need, that you need from me in terms of my employment here or whatever role I'm doing to work in with this? And communication has always been really big. And I think employer really respected that, knowing that, you know, as hard as I work as an athlete, that work ethic that flows into my career in the office or with Halberg, with Sky and anything that I do as well. Yeah, going back to that balance thing, the key to the balance, I think, is communication, letting everyone know what's going on so we can all really prepare and plan as we move forward and go through those journeys has been huge for me. Great lesson there in terms of the communication. Is there anything else that you do that you find helps you find a balance between those different roles and family and and life outside as well? Uh, Yeah, I think just probably if I look at with the challenges of balance is also that we can 
prepare and plan as much as we can, but say for me, some of the big challenges that I have has been injuries, and those just happen when they happen, and, and more often than not in the sport that I choose to play because it's a contact sport, I trained really hard for three, four years to prepare for the 2016 Olympics with the New Zealand Sevens team, and right before the trials for it, I sustained a knee injury, and it was a massive setback for me because it literally ruled me out of being available to trial for the Olympics in our last trial week. And so those those kind of challenges um, in sport are massive for athletes when injuries um, happen. And so it's just your resilience and your ability to bounce back. And I suppose just reset and refocus has always been what I go to, that injuries are just a part of, of my career that I choose. And yeah, it's that. It's that resilience that you have to show during those times. And for me, what was really important for me, although I knew I wasn't going to go to the Olympics alongside my teammates, it was important for me that they knew that I supported them 110% because they were going to represent our country, represent me, our families, everyone to win win that gold medal. So for me, that's, I suppose, where that helped me to bring a bit more perspective into what was happening. Yes, I wasn't going to be there, but there were still other players that were going to be there and that were going to fight and play as hard as they possibly can, just like I would have as if I was going to be there because that's what we were there for. And you just had that genuine belief in the team and in the culture that whether you were there or not, they were going to get the job done and um, give their absolute best. I like that story in terms of it's it's a great illustration of the fact in sport, but in life as well, things happen that we can't control that we really wish hadn't happened. Uh, and But it's about how, how you react to them and, and sometimes taking a step back and getting that, as you say, that perspective can really help. You talked, honey, there yeah. about resilience being an important lesson out of that, an important lesson that you've gained from the ups and downs of sport. What other lessons have you taken from sport that you've been able to apply in other roles or in your broader life? Sport has provided me uh, with, a, with a number of opportunities and it's also shown me ways in which I had to be quite selective. I I don't like to use the word selfish, but selective with my time and what I focused my time on. And and it also has given me the ability to be, I suppose, a lot more courageous in what I'm trying to do. I think when you first come into the scene and you finally make that New Zealand jersey, you do come in. Athletes have to have this, I suppose, this real selfishness about them because we have to train so hard and work so hard to perform at the top level because there's always competition, there's always people coming and I suppose what I'm getting to is that when it comes down to the time for me I had to make a lot of choices throughout my career as what I would give my time to and sometimes I had to make um, sacrifices in terms of time so when my friends wanted me to come along and go on a holiday overseas with them. I was like, no, because that's going to interfere with my training time, even though the event or the tournament isn't till another three months away. Preparation was huge for me. So it was all those small moments in time that you had to make some massive sacrifices. And and time for me was always one that I suppose I faced as a challenge, but also I never used to try to use the word sacrifice. I used to use it as a choice. I chose to play the sport. I choose to play at the level that I play at. So I also choose to put training before 
going out with friends or training before, uh, you know, other things that people might think are fun. I also had to learn to love the process as well Um, because if I wasn't loving my trainings, then I didn't want to be there and that made me question why do I keep putting in all this effort in this training to go and play this game kind of thing. So there's always been a lot of lessons, but it's always come back to choosing my opportunities and choosing the right time and being willing to put in that time and effort to ensure that I can perform at, at that elite level or I suppose hold myself to a standard that I want to that I want to be at, really. I really like that perspective. In the coaching work that I do with women, a lot of them talk about oh, sometimes the the things that saying no or making different choices, as you say, feels selfish. And that can be quite a difficult word, I think, for some women who who often feel like I want to give and help others. But I really like that reframing of a selective and actually this is, you know, the things I'm doing are not sacrifices, they're choices. So it's a really, I really like that perspective on it, honey. Thank you for sharing it. And then I also really like that in there that you talked about the courage that it developed in you and, and going back to that early story where you said, oh, I wasn't quite sure about Teachers College. It's a bit far from home, big city. And then now to your career having travelled around the world. <laughs> it's such a contrast, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. From a young 17-year-old Māori girl who thought Hamilton was a big city and really scary to, yeah, now I've I've been all around the world and and I and funny enough I live in Hamilton now the world is not as scary um, as we may seem it as first I suppose we may seem it to be but yeah I think courage has been huge for me I think I naturally always had it on the field I mean I, I make no mistake I play a contact sport and I'm I spent my first 14, I suppose 10 years of my career from five through to 15 playing against boys, tackling boys. So that took a lot of courage, obviously. And now I I go out and I play against women and some of them are pretty big and very strong and very fast and all of that. And that takes a lot of courage too, uh, the sport that I play in. But it's what I found is as that that courage, I think, has now developed off the field. And in my career, I know when Sky first rang me up and asked if I wanted to have a go at presenting and commentating. I was like, oh my gosh. And it, you know, it took for me just to to step back from it for a moment and think, man, this is a great opportunity, honey. Just take it and, and learn along the way, you know. And I think that's probably one thing is that I I knew really early that I loved learning. It's probably why I stayed in the sport for so long. And I'm 39 now and often people say to me, oh, when are you going to retire? I don't know. I still love what I do and I still learn a lot every day from my sport. It still teaches me a lot. So I, I think for me, a lifelong learner, and long as I'm learning and growing within whatever it is I'm doing, I'm going to stay in it. And, and I suppose definitely I've got to love it too. Yeah, I probably don't love the, the bruising and the sore body and things like that come post-game. But yeah, there's so many lessons, I think, in sport that can teach you in life as well. And courage has been one of them, definitely. Mm, fantastic. Uh, and then you talked a bit there about your the commentating role for Sky Sport. What have you really enjoyed about that? And what have you found to be quite tough along the way? Yeah, I suppose I put the pressure on myself because... You, you think, okay, now this is where I'm starting to transition my my playing career and this this could be a great opportunity for me off the field, but I don't know what I'm doing. But it was actually the advice from quite a few of the team that I work with at Sky saying, look, you know what you're doing. You've been playing these sports. You just need to tell the people at home on the TV what you're seeing. And I was thinking, oh, okay. And what I've found is my confidence has grown the more I actually 
believed in myself and think, actually, yes, my opinion does matter. And even actually just this year, one of the one of the guys that I commentate with, Ken Labum, he said to me, it's just like preparing for a game, honey. You prepare and you plan and then you outperform everybody when you get out there. And I was thinking, oh, right, you know. So obviously the preparation and planning is different. You know, I've got to analyse the games and the players and all of that kind of stuff. But it's the same kind of concept. And I thought, man, preparation and planning is key to this. And the more I prepared myself and planned when I got on camera, I found just bit by bit my confidence would grow. And now I feel really um, comfortable in the role. And there's there's lots of variations to the role too. And I like that because, again, I'm learning a lot. But also just working alongside the team, you know, having the likes of Bernadine Oliver Kirby say to me, look, don't ever think that your opinion doesn't matter because it does. You've done the hard work. Your opinion matters and you don't have to agree with what the rest of, like if I'm on the panel, you don't have to agree with what the guy says, she says. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's true. She says, if you've got a different point of point of difference or different point of view, say it. Don't be afraid to say it. And I thought, that's such a... Uh, awesome lesson because I say that to the young girls that I coach now. Hey, make sure you speak up, be bold. And it was the same message that she was telling me. So yeah, I just I'm really enjoying the challenge and then the excitement I think that I get from working with uh, Sky Sport. Yeah, and it's great having those other role models to to learn mm. from and to get advice and, and perspective and and to help you believe in yourself as you said as you, as you go along the way. And tell me a bit more about your your other role in terms of as being a disability sport advisor with the, the Halberg Foundation. What do you really love about that? Yeah, one of my values, I think, is to serve others. And what I found early on in my career, I talked about my love for learning. I also love working with people. So I've had a number of different roles from working in mental health, working in youth work. And I've, I've now been in the disability sector for about 10 years. And it just fulfills my value of serving others. Um, every day is different. I get to meet the most amazing people. I get to walk alongside them with some of their daily challenges in terms of their physical disabilities. And I also get to sh- share a lot of my passions. So my role with the Halberg Foundation is to engage young people with physical or visual impairments in sports, recreation, any kind of physical activity. So for me, it was like those are two of my passions that I get to bring together in terms of working with people and and sport and recreation and being active. I get to combine those two together. And yeah, for me, it, it, the these roles have almost just fallen into my lap, uh, if I'm honest. Um, they've found me. And I, I just love it. I, I love to meet these wonderful young kids who wake up with daily challenges and they just love life and give it a crack anyway. And it's it's that spirit that I love about them that I really want to draw out of them and say, hey, look, being active is really important regardless of your um, abilities or disabilities. You can still do this. And so we come up with modifications and adaptions and ways that they can be included. And so our biggest, I think, drive within Halberg is uh, creating an inclusive environment uh, for these young people. And I, and I just love that because that just... Like I said, that fulfills me and and it aligns really well with my values. That sounds lovely. And as you say, it probably gives you a broader perspective as well in terms of things go well or not so well on the pitch, actually, to come back into that role where you're serving, helping um, kids who, as you say, have got those daily physical challenges. Yeah. And as you said, you're, I'm going to say you're still young because you're younger than me. So we'll go with young. (laughs) You're still young. But if you look back at your career to date, what have been some of your proudest moments? 
Yeah, I suppose uh, from a sporting point of view, I was a part of a group of, there was 20 of us. I was one of the first contracted female rugby players in New Zealand. That was a real proud moment for me. And it wasn't about being a paid athlete that I was proud of. It was actually uh, the months and the work before that that I was most proud of because I was asked to be involved with a working group that New Zealand Rugby put together as they were trying to work towards putting together a memorandum of understanding so that we could have contracts, so that we could be paid athletes. And so I was part of that working group because at the time I was playing for the Blackfern Sevens and they got us all together and we just were able to really have a voice in there and we were finally being heard is what I really liked about it. They gave us that opportunity to be heard. We were involved in the negotiations and even some right down to some of the smaller detail. For me, at the time I was a mum, you know, I wanted to ensure that there was support there for me being a mum, but also for new athletes that came in and maybe fell pregnant during the time. What was the support offered to them? What about athletes with new babies? How would they be able to continue to play and perform and train and all of that alongside their young children. So it was all those kind of things that we were able to have involvement with when the first contracts came out. So that is probably one of my proudest moments, I think, from our sporting context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, career-wise, yeah, I'm lucky enough with Halberg. We're really lucky that we have a sponsorship fund that's given to us by the Eagles Golfing Foundation. And so we are able to give out funding to young people and their families to help them participate, just to remove those financial barriers to help them participate and engage in sports. Quite often throughout the year, I often my highlight is actually being able to go back to these families and saying, hey, look, your, your application's been approved. You're going to get this funding so that your young person can have a proper wheelchair to be able to play wheelchair basketball or can get these swimming lessons so that they can learn to swim and then go and be a part of their school swimming group kind of thing. It's, it's all of those kind of things. I think it's, it's those real small um, moments where you've added real value into people's lives. I think that's what I deem as my highlights, yeah. Mm, wonderful. And it's absolutely that kind of that personal impact. You're making a difference to somebody's life. And that, that's, a, as you say, a lovely feeling. As you look forward now to your career, where, where do you see your career heading in the future? Yeah, that's a great question, actually. And the honest <laughs> answer is I'm actually really unsure. But I'm confident. I'm confident that uncertainty will unfold. And and like I say, a lot of my career my um, professional careers have have found me, so to speak. I do have a, a vision that I'd, I'd love to be a global speaker, you know, and just that would be my way of serving others is, is through empowering and influencing through storytelling and sharing my journey. Uh, I love education and teaching and all of that kind of stuff. So something along those lines, whether it's through the TV career or through disability or sport or, or however that may be, some sort of mentoring coaching is probably where I feel really passionate about and where I see, I suppose, real meaningful work and purpose for me. Mm, and it comes back to that kind of the giving back, the serving others that you talked about. It's at the heart of your values. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. And um, you've given some great advice already, I have to say, in terms of for, for girls or women when they're you know, in their careers. What other career advice would you have? Yeah, I suppose if I look back at my career, um, it always falls on 
that I have to love what I do. If I'm not loving it, I'm in the wrong place. And so that falls back um, onto obviously things that I've talked about is that I think when we grow up, we're curious, we find a few interests and then some of those interests become our passion. But for me to turn those passions into some sort of purpose or meaningful work is where you need to get to. And it's checking in, well, well, why? And so I always talk about my values while they align with my values. And funny, I don't even know my values really. I've been in these teams for years that they all say, oh, let's, let's, Let's write down our, our team values. So we, we'd throw out words like work ethic and uh, team first mentality. All of those kind of you know words would come out, resilience and communication, things like that. But yet they never probably resonated with me until I was able to actually go back and check what are actually my own values. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my advice would be that you need to love what you do and ensure that they align with your passions and your purpose in life. And most importantly, when you find that, you've got to be willing to work for it. You've got to put in the effort. You've got to put put in the work because the more work you put into it, the better the outcome, I think. Brilliant advice, honey. Thank you so much. Gosh, it's been um, such a pleasure to hear more about your career and all those different strands of it and the things that drive you in your life. So thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you so much for, yeah, for talking today. It's been great. Thank you. You're welcome. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Female Career Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. For more inspiring stories of women of Aotearoa and their careers, subscribe to the Female Career Podcast via Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen so that you never miss a story. You can also take a look at our website, thefemalecareer.com, where we feature the stories. And if you subscribe to our mailing list, you can have career advice and inspiration delivered directly to your inbox. Thanks for your support, and I look forward to you joining us again soon.